Welcome to the Realized Gains Podcast, a guide to real estate investing. Join our co-hosts, Jordan Lee and Stephen Tran, as we interview a diverse group of real estate investors, both amateur and professional. Our goal is to help you understand that anyone can invest in real estate. Tune in to hear creative strategies and learn from both our mistakes and our successes. You can find us where you love to listen to podcasts, on YouTube, or at jordanleemortgage.com. Can you kind of tell us your thoughts on real estate investing? They did a study, I don't know if you guys heard this. Um, There are something like 20 million people that have a million dollars in cash in their bank that they could invest Mm. across the world, right? And they're one of their seven billion people. They did a poll and what do you think the number one way was that those people ended up with that much liquid cash? It's gotta be real estate. The number one way was having your parents die. Oh, inheritance. (laughs) Right? Yeah, of course, inheritance, yeah, sure. The number two way was owning a business. A business. And number three was real estate. Okay. Right? So the path to wealth, as far as I'm considered, and and, and independence, let's not even call it wealth, let's call it it being able to to do what you want, is through owning a business or investing in real estate. Yeah. Welcome to episode 40 of the Realized Gains podcast. I'm Stephen Tran. I'm a licensed broker in Oregon and Washington, and I invest in multifamily and short-term rentals. And I'm your co-host, Jordan Lee. I'm a mortgage lender based in Portland, Oregon, licensed in about nine states, and uh, I invest in single-family homes. Stephen, who are we uh, interviewing today? So today we interviewed Rick Sadel, uh, principal broker of the Sadel team. They run the most successful team in our office. Um, He goes over about how he structured his team to really specialize in all different aspects in listings, on their uh, buyer's side, just basically how he's organized the team to be super efficient. Yeah, he talks about, he gives a good, great story about kind of moving up from the convenience store business and to the business of real estate. Um, so I think it, it, he's got a great mindset. So if you're interested in learning about how to build a business, if you're interested in learning about investing in real estate, I think this is a good podcast for you. Hey guys, welcome to episode 40 of the Realized Gains podcast. I'm Stephen Tran. And I'm your co-host, Jordan Lee. And uh, hey, Stephen, so who we uh, got on the show today? Yeah, today we have Rick Sadel of the Sadel team. Can you uh, give us a little bit of an intro of yourself? Uh, Yeah, sure. I run a real estate team of about, I don't know, 20, 25 people. Um, Been doing it for 19 plus years. Um, How'd you find your way into real estate? uh, By accident, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, I did... um, you guys know what affiliate marketing is? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So, back in the day when you could get a Google click for a quarter, um, I was actually uh, I owned convenience stores and stuff like that. Anyways, I was playing around with affiliate marketing, which is where you put an ad on Google for mm-hmm. let's say Best Buy. Someone clicks the link, you spend a quarter, and maybe you got thirty cents worth of commissions off that purchase. Doing that is kind of a, a, a hobby at night. Just on the side, while just on the while side, just to see if I could make yeah, if I could see if I could make a positive cash flow okay. off that little game. This is like the original internet marketing. Yeah, this was two thousand and four. No, two thousand yeah three or four okay. right. So um, when affiliate marketing and, and pay per click was just becoming a thing. Anyways, yeah. um, my wife and I were she was going to get her license to buy some of our own uh, rental properties, um, and so we did that. 
And then I put a website, a template website up for her and started advertising her on Google. Uh, unbeknownst to her, her phone started to ring. Really? And she sold 42 properties that year. <laughs> wow. Um, obviously, at that point, uh, internet marketing was a lot cheaper. Yeah. So and nobody was, was doing it. very profitable. Right, nobody right. was doing it. Um, and so then, uh, you know, a year later, we sold our three convenience stores and I got my license and we went into business together. So um, it was just a, it started out as a, as, a, as a lark and a game and it turned into a, a profitable way to live. So. Huh. Wow. Interesting. So, but you, you had already invested in real estate before you guys had thought about becoming licensed and getting into it or? Yeah. Yeah. No, we did some, we developed some of our own commercial properties. We own, we own, um, uh, tobacco and, uh, coffee shops, basically drive through mm-hmm. coffee shops. And so we developed a couple of our own properties and, uh, we had bought and sold a couple of rentals and we thought, you know, since, since she was helping me run our other business, but had a little bit of extra time, she could be the I'm always looking for ways to monetize things. Yeah. That's, the, that's kind yeah. of my goal, right? Uh, so we figured she could be the, the conduit for those things. She can get her license mm-hmm. uh, and help us uh, you know, acquire land and rentals and, and stuff like that. And so that's why she got her license. It turned out to not be the, the primary focus of her license. I mean, over the next so you're just years. trying to save that 5% or so, basically? I mean, yeah. <laughs> 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 That's but exactly I mean, it correct. adds up if you're if you're doing it multiple times if you're trying to scale up, right? Yeah, I mean that was the thing. We were we were doing some 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 larger, uh, not not like multi-unit, but some larger land development projects to put some coffee. You know, so we were buying and selling a number of pieces of land and a couple of rentals, and we were doing some stuff in Washington, and and uh, so it just kind of made sense, you know, yeah. uh, to have her be the expert on <clears throat> on those things, and yeah. And make, you know, and how did you find, find your way into that, the first line of business into the convenience store business? Did you, did you inherit that from family or? No, no. I actually, um, through college, I managed a 7-Eleven. Okay. So, so you, that, you just started working at one while you're in college. Yeah, I was, I was doing, I was a graveyard clerk in uh-huh. college and then made my way to manager. And then, um, it's kind of what I knew. I was actually going to school for radio broadcast management. Okay. Right. That sounds uh, completely off. Like <laughs> different. Oh, world. completely yeah. different way. I got my. That's where I got my degree. All that stuff. Um, but then was working through and through uh, college at the Seven Eleven. Decided I liked business. I liked I liked profit and loss statements. I mm-hmm. liked figuring out how to make money. Uh, and so mm-hmm. that's that's where I headed. And you could recognize in that convenience store, like, hey, this isn't a bad business. Maybe I'll have one of mine or. Yeah, I mean, the, the deal that the, it was a franchise owner, yep. and his deal that he made with me was he was going to go off and do his own thing, and I would, I would have complete control of the business, right? Mm-hmm. Profit, loss, expenses, and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and I got a percentage of the cut. Oh, okay. So it gave me experience in, in, in figuring out. So very I, early I, on, you were basically in sales, or you were your own owner. Uh, yeah, I was decreasing yeah. expenses to yep. make more profit. Like, yep. just that stuff was just fascinating. Did you get into, like, a big chain convenience store, or just, like, local small family convenience stores well i tried the chain convenience store route mm-hmm. i'm a, a, a for those that know me i've got a strong personality <laughs> so i went to the southland corporation i was going to buy a 7-eleven mm-hmm. um, had some disagreements with some of the regional management there mm-hmm. um, decided not to go into business in the corporate world and uh, bought a couple of my own independents and so you just found some independent ones okay yeah, yeah. 
And I mean, getting into that business, obviously, like I've never gotten into like that world where you have to manage like tons of inventory and expiration dates and all this stuff. So how was how was that? It was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. Um, you know, watching people. Look, I did it for a long time. I had at one point, I probably had thirty uh, employees who who were, you know, kids. Right. Like, I mean, the, seventeen the, year old. The, the birth and death cycle of those employees is what oh, six months. Yeah, it was it was it was terrible. And, and my stores, my stores were twenty four hours, which right. meant you know I was also the graveyard clerk when yep. someone called in sick, yep. and you know. So um, I quickly learned that. Uh, well, I, I think what took me into real estate was she sold forty two houses that first year. Yep. We made whatever it was, a couple hundred thousand dollars off of her business. Mm-hmm. We made the same off of mine, but I had 30 mouths that I was trying to manage. Like, oh. It was just terrible. <laughs> the gross sales. And, and, <laughs> yeah. and people are stealing same, from you. Yeah. And, like, and, and, and she had one tr- part-time transaction coordinator that worked for the office. Right? So, <laughs> so it became obvious where my time was better spent. I see. I see. And so you were you able to kind of sell those businesses for a profit though that you'd built up? Yeah, yeah, okay. no, we did. We turned around and, and and put them all up for sale and sold them one by one and and did all right. Yeah. Okay, nice. And so then that's then you can transition into real estate. Did you immediately start investing in real estate as well, or were you more invested in building up your kind of real estate business and team and sales engine? I guess. Well, we had already been investing in real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, and then before the crash of oh whatever it is here oh eight, oh, eight, oh, eight here yeah. in, in Oregon right, yeah. um, we disposed of, of most of those. Okay, we could kind of see the writing on the wall right okay. before. So you got started. out in time. We got out in time. Oh. We sold a, a, a vacation property up in government camp. We had a couple of rentals over in in uh, uh, Washington. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. We had one here, so we we just kind of got out. <laughs> oh, that's awesome and can you tell us about your ramp up in this business like just getting started and like did you do did you pick up business really quickly as yourself when you got into the industry yeah i mean so look google pay-per-click helped us live that was your first, main model for the first uh, yeah. yeah that was basically all i did right so um what we did is we increased our spend on google mm-hmm. and then divided up the business into buyers and listings and i i quickly became the listing agent um i don't love to spend that much time with people in general. <laughs> so rather than drive someone around in the car for six hours, uh-huh. I'd rather drive a pencil through my eye. Right. <laughs> right. But um, so I took on the listing portion of the business, and then it just evolved from there. We hired our first, you know, assistant mm-hmm. uh, within a year, and started kind of, you know, heading up the the chain, if you will. Yeah, and I mean, I'll just put this out to our audience, but you're the most successful team in our office at the moment. Can you kind of talk about like your thought process in terms of building out your team and how you kind of got to where you're at? I mean, yeah, I'm. I'm I, I think I said earlier, I'm, I love business. I love numbers. I love. I don't love sales. I, I mean, I'm just, I'll just be honest. I, I don't love. I mean, I was very good at um, prospecting and and you know knocking on for sale by owners doors and all those things. But what I really love is business. Mm. And so to me, uh, real estate quickly became obvious. It was just a business. It's just a, I spend X number of dollars, I make X number of contacts, um, and I'll make X number of dollars back in a profit. And I control my costs and I I ramp up the things that return a positive ROI, I do all that stuff, and I make money. And so I, I think 
or from early on, I was headed in the direction of not having to do sales myself. Mm. Like that was, that's my goal. I want to be a business person. Yeah, I, I, it's great that I get to help people uh, realize their own dreams. Right, people on my team, I get to, I get to, I get to be the guy that 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 help them achieve success. Um, but I also don't have to go out and, and pitch myself to a, to a home seller. Nice. Right. And how quickly were you basically out of that whole like learning how to be a real estate agent doing the transactions to like kind of fully getting out? It took me a long time. I mean, I'll be honest. Like I said, I, I am numbers minded and, and you have two things, right? You have time or you have money, mm-hmm. right? And so when, when we're wanting to invest money back into the business to grow um, and or into investments uh, outside of the business, um, if I stepped out of production, that meant that we would have to give up a portion of those dollars, right? So I think um, it was probably 2012, maybe 14, before I started handing over some listing business to someone else. Um, and so this 14. was about 10 years? Uh, yeah, nine or, ten, 10, nine or 10 years okay. ago, yeah. And I didn't do it and all And it was once. about 10 years in t- since you started did you start? Did you say you started in oh four? So yeah, so yeah, so yeah. ten ish. Ten. We've been okay. in the business nineteen plus years. So I'd say halfway through before I okay. started. And at that point, your team from, was how many members? With so you, your wife. I'd probably say eight, seven or eight okay. people total, which okay. includes you know an administrative person or two, and then a few salespeople. And, mm-hmm. uh, and some of them were members that had been on your team for a few years at that point, had kind of like senior members that could help train the new new folks coming in. Yeah, so our, our longest standing member of the team, she's been on 12 years. She was wow. my, she was my first listing specialist. Wow, that, that's incredible for, for a t- I feel like it's so hard to retain good team members. It is and it isn't. Uh, <laughs> it is in that you have to find the right people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it isn't in that, it, that, that's why I enjoy my job. My job is to be able to achieve, help them achieve whatever they need to achieve kind of under my umbrella mm-hmm. so they don't have to go somewhere else. Well, that's the thing. It's like you, you feel like in real estate, it's like, well, once you figure out how to do it, why, you know, why work with someone else? But if you have a great value proposition as the team leader, then. And, and yeah, and if I can help you grow to whatever extreme you want mm-hmm. and you don't have to leave, I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the ultimate goal, right? Like that's, that's how you help people grow and that's how you grow. Yeah, no, I mean, like I said, we both don't like the corporate world, and you know, they feel like it's really hard to retain people because they don't provide the value that you can possibly get mm-hmm. on your own. But if you're in a place where the resources are given to you for you to grow to whatever scale you want to be, like, why leave? Yeah, I, I'll tell you that that listing specialist, um, she <clears throat> she started out as a buyer's agent. She became a listing specialist. Um, nowadays, she probably works, uh, you know. She said, I heard her say the other day, actually, out loud, that she really only works about three days a week. Um, and, you know, she'll make, uh, she'll make a couple hundred grand doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the life she wants to live, mm-hmm. right? So that, uh, we sat down. I said, what's your goal? And she, she, she was getting married. She wanted to have children, right? The life she wanted to live was to be able to be a mom for her kid but still make a really good living. Mm. And so that's what I set out to help her achieve. Nice. And if you can do that, you can keep people. Yeah. And so for our audience, when you say listing specialist, help us understand kind of what what that breaks down to mechanically in terms of her, what, what her duties are compared to other members on the team. Because we, you know, we think of like a real estate agent is kind of like doing everything start to finish. Yeah, we on our team, we try and focus our team members on what I consider to be the dollar productive activities of real estate. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, at least our agents. Um, and that is basically converting clients, uh, negotiating contracts. Okay. 
on our team, pretty much everything else is handled by someone else. Right. Right. So uh, when she was, and we don't actually have listing and buyer specialists anymore, but she was my original listing specialist. I see. And what that meant was mostly what she did was go on listing appointments, mm -hmm. uh, convert them into clients. Okay. Keep in contact with them, care for them, mm -hmm. and then pass off that to the listing manager who then kind of does all the marketing stuff. And Got then it. She, she would negotiate an offer when it came in. And she would turn around and hand that to the transaction manager who would handle it from there. So close. she's basically the client-facing part. Like she's that's all she's doing. Right? That's she's all she's doing. Meeting the client, making, helping them understand what the contract is, negotiating with them, and then all the other details taken care of. Handled by somebody else. Yeah, mm. and, that, and that's because that's what a skilled. Right. You know, I hate to say it this way. I have a I have an amazingly skilled transaction manager. She's probably closed at this point two thousand transactions. Oh. You know herself. Um, so she knows more about contracts anyone else in the she's not going to miss mess up the details she's not going to put the wrong number in the yeah, addendum that, do, that doesn't happen like, it just, right. it's but right every time she catches us all the time yeah. <laughs> myself included um but why have someone who's kind of a jack of all trades master of none being the person that manages those contracts right that and and we deal in some pretty as you guys know some pretty serious contracts in mm -hmm. our business of course so why have someone who's really good at connecting with people and converting people and negotiating and doing those, why have them in charge with dotting I's and crossing T's on a contract, right? Right. Um, so yeah, so we, we try and have all of those things handled by somebody else that I can pay those people to do. Makes sense. So when you pull somebody onto your team, do you like do an interview process to figure out you should go here, you should go there, you're good at this, you're detailed at that, or how do you kind of figure it out? Uh, anymore, and knock on wood, <laughs> I have the, the, the best administrative people, the best transaction managers, we don't even need those people anymore, mm. right? Um, so anymore, if I'm hiring someone, it's it's to, to go out and do what my listing specialist used to do, to go out and convert people mm -hmm. and negotiate contracts. Mm -hmm. So I do, I do look at, at, at the type of person they are and whether or not they fit that profile. Mm -hmm. um, if they don't and they're more an administrative person, then I would send them on to someone else because that's not what really what we're looking for right now. Got okay. it. And, and so you mentioned early on that you were in that early Google ad space. The, the lead, internet lead space has changed a ton in the last 20 some odd years. Do you still, are you still like kind of trying to stay in front of that and like getting with the newest stuff or have you guys moved to a more conventional model or what, what, is, what is your kind of lead philosophy there? No, I, I, I said to, to, to Stephen earlier that I'm a torque, uh, excuse me, a, a tech dork guy, right? Mm -hmm. And I still am. Yeah, sure, I like torque. that. <laughs> we'll Never heard torque. that before, but I, I like, like it. Yeah. Um, I still try and find whatever the, the coolest, you know, mm -hmm. most, uh, highest ROI, obviously, mm -hmm. um, but whatever the leading tech is. I will say, and we talked about this earlier too, you know, in terms of social media, I being how I'm wired, and I told you guys earlier, I, I don't love to be around people that much. Right. Yeah. Let alone post on Facebook or It's funny because you Instagram almost never or... hear a successful realtor say that. <laughs> because I'm a business person. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, anyways, but I do still find, try and find whatever the latest trend is. You mm -hmm. know, I, I think that for a while it was, believe it or not, it was getting free leads off of Craigslist for a number of years. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I've heard you, that You before. remember that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So... Whatever the newest trend is, I'm trying to stay on the uh, on the front edge of that. Okay, and is that like proprietary stuff that we don't get to share with our, our viewers? Or what? there are there are a few proprietary <laughs> things that I wouldn't share with our viewers. I don't know. I um, like that. I like that. I, I do. Uh, I will. I'll tell you that right now, um, and this has been going on for a while. But social proof, 
Mm. Google reviews, Google especially reviews. Google yeah. reviews. Yeah. Um, that's what you're pushing all your clients to do that are that will do a review. You're asking for Google. We reviews. have almost 900, you know, mm -hmm. five star reviews on Google's on Google. That 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 is the trend right now in mm -hmm. terms of without getting SEO cheap, SEO. Right. <laughs> and just look, you can find out in a minute anymore if someone's worth anything by googling their name, right? Mm. So, um, so that's that's probably the latest thing over the past number of years. And for a while, it was Zillow reviews. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sure you're popping up when people just type in like Portland real estate agent. I'm right at the top. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, that's the best thing is building it naturally because that's what Google wants to emphasize. I mean, obviously, they'll put the people who are paying at the top and the, clearly it says sponsored. But for natural uh, traction, you want to get those reviews. You want to push that. And I'm sure you have a system around like getting those reviews in after people are. Oh, yeah. Of now, course our, you do. Our, yeah. our team's leads are based on, on, on them getting reviews as well. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, and in terms of all the, let's just say all the marketing stuff, like I said, I worked in marketing for six years, and even back in 2016 and 2017 when I was working with Facebook and Google, they were doing some pretty creepy stuff with, like, yeah, let's just say that. So if it was good back then, I'm sure it's ridiculous now. Yeah, no, it's 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 really good. Like I said, um, social <clears throat> proof, getting the, the, it just makes conversion a lot easier. It makes, you know, creating clients mm. A lot easier if they can go out and figure out who you are in three clicks, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll say this is that uh, I think uh, marketing has gotten so creepy that sometimes I just think about things and they show up, and I'm sure you might. <laughs> <laughs> We've all had this experience, right? We're sitting in our house talking about something in front of the A word, right? Or, yeah. or the S word, and yeah. all of a sudden the ad pops up, and we, we know it happens. Yeah. yeah. It's, so, that, like I said, that's like my experience was back in 20, stopped in 2016 in marketing. And like I said, they're like using location tracking. If you walk near, near a store and they'll, you know, have you pop up. And like I said, now I think it's to a point where they're basically reading our minds. So. We were doing, I'm not doing it right now, but we were doing uh, some, some uh, what they call OTT, which is basically um, streaming television. Yeah. Right. All the streaming services. Oh. And, and you can geolocate. I didn't, I didn't know this up until a few months ago. You can geolocate where someone is and then make sure that you transmit that same advertisement to all of their devices. Mm -hmm. Specifically to an individual person. To, to, yeah, to make sure that it shows up to that household's iPads and that person, the, all the iPhones in that household. So you could go, you could put in your past client, your database. You could, like, you, you I want could do to that. advertise to their streaming services specifically so when they're on whatever thing with ads that you would be putting your message out there to all your households. You can target people who search for, let's say, one That's of crazy. your competitors. Oh, there are that, yeah. Uh, yeah. And all yeah. of a sudden your ad's going to show up every time they stream a, you know, a television show on I mean, they have metrics to show if they're like interested home buyers. They can kind of tell that already. They can tell if your audience is an interested home buyer, if they're a certain age range, et cetera. So you can target... Not based on just your database list, but based on like just people in this general area who are looking right. for this. You can retarget people that have come to your website once, and now all of a sudden you show up. Every I mean, there's yep. all that. It's yeah, Big yeah. Brother is watching, and it's easily purchasable data. Yeah, I mean, mm. advertising is basically the the money flow for most tech right now. Yeah, if anything. So. Yep. <laughs> did you find and did you find that advertising on these streaming services had a decent ROI? Yeah, I mean it's harder to track, right? Like, um, right. Uh, it's kind of like radio advertising. I do, we do a lot of radio advertising. Oh, you do. Um, it's it's name recognition and it makes conversion easier, mm -hmm. but it's it's hard to track a direct action. 
It's kind of like branding, right? Yeah, it's, it is. It is. It is exactly that. It's branding. What we get a lot because my radio advertising <laughs> is one of my agents will be calling someone and mm-hmm. they'll be like, "Hey, I'm with the Sadel team," and they're like, "Oh yeah, we know Rick. <laughs> <laughs> Never met him before, but they've heard my name on the radio a few yeah. times." So it's so in that way, the the streaming service advertisements worked, um, but there's no you can't track ROI. Right, it's not like, oh, this person came from a referral from this database, so I know for sure that I got it's, X yeah. percent from there. It's, it's different. It's tough in the market world. Like, you know, there's only so many trackers you can put on everything, like this ad and this thing, person clicked on this, and I, I know it's coming from this source, that it's doing well, but like I said, at the end of the day, like, there's a point where it gets lost. Yeah, the unless they line. fill out a specific form that's, a, that's attributable to that XYZ ad, yeah. it, it, can, it, can be, it can be kind of nebulous data. Yeah, no, I like I said, I've played in the marketing world for for way too long, and uh, you know we're always trying to take credit for <laughs> getting a lead. Let's just say that that's how we got paid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if they if they if they got an impression of this ad and they didn't click on it, but then they bought later, like yeah, I'll say that I'll take some credit for that's that. True. You know, um, and I, in marketing, like you said, you're you're doing some branding, obviously, and you're doing obviously you want direct action, so there's cost per click, cost per impression. So is there something that you kind of would rather focus on, you clearly want the direct action of getting a sale, right? Like they click on it and then start. We do a mix of all those things, yeah. because I think they're all important. Mm-hmm. I think that um, we definitely have seen, and we try really hard on our team. We have you know inside sales agents who, mm-hmm. who talk to a lot of our, our, our prospective clients, and they, they will say, how did you hear of us? And that's about, uh, sometimes that's the only way you can figure it out, right? Right. Um, so we do try and track some of the marketing related activities that don't have a direct action attached to them to make sure there's a positive <clears throat> ROI. But yeah. No, I I mean my office was next to your office for a while, so I, I did hear a lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like you do uh, you take a very pretty broad approach. You have a lot of different activities. What do you have like a personal favorite thing that you've done throughout your career that just not necessarily has the best ROI, but it's something you enjoy doing, so it doesn't really matter for you. Like like for me, for example, I like playing basketball, and I, every once in a while I'll meet a client or a realtor playing basketball, and so that's always going to be part of my business model, right? Um, because of the health benefits and other things. Is there something for you that, that's prospecting that's like, you're never going to stop doing it because it's you like it? Something that's prospecting? Or, or that helps your business in some way. You know, just w- some activity that's like, I, I love doing this, like doesn't... Doesn't matter how busy I get or how slow I am, I'm always gonna do this. I think one of the reasons I said yes to this mm. is because I like talking about crap that I know about. I see. Right. So so my my way of branding our team has always been kind of the real estate expert. Mm. Right. So I do I do radio advertising. I, I'm the the real estate expert on a on a local news talk show. Oh, you go on yeah. a talk show regularly. Uh, it's it's so, just so a couple you, minute segment. You right? said something about his career not not going through, but it sounds like the radio broadcasting yeah, yeah, yeah. did I'm not come good through. at it. I'm not gonna, like, <laughs> you're doing great I, right now. I you're definitely went in the right direction not yeah. being in front of the camera or anything. But um, uh, but but I think teaching classes, mm. um, which is something that through the short sale years in real estate, mm-hmm. that that's how we made most of our business, right? I went out and taught people how to do short sales. Oh, nice. They realized how hard they were and they would refer them to me. <laughs> um, oh, you, you'd go to like teach to agent class, like go to, into brokers places. Yeah, I, I, was, I worked with the agents. title company, yeah. did continuing education yeah, yeah. for three uh-huh. or four years, and that that's how I got most of our business at that point. So going on the news and doing a, a, the the real estate segment on Monday mornings, mm. um, you know. Uh, well, what channel is that on? Uh, well, it's on. <laughs> 
or I guess is it XM or it, it, it's it, no, it's uh, KXL. It's FM. Okay, and it's how long is the segment? It's just a couple minutes. Oh, okay, it's and, just and a, you, you know, give like a, a like a regular market update or a tips or whatever whatever the topic of the moment is right now it might be interest rates. Mm-hmm. It might be uh, you know what part of town is hot. It might it's, it's whatever the news anchor actually comes up with the, the segment and calls me and okay. And, and does he give you a it. prompt ahead of time so you can have a little bit of time to research? Or? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. So we do that. I do that once a week and. Um, just things like that, things where I can educate people about mm-hmm. the market is something that I'm comfortable doing mm-hmm. um, and as opposed to, you know, knocking on a for sale by owner door or something. Totally, like that. yeah. So, where do you get your, for this research, besides the, just the, you know, MLS, where do you get your data from or is that like your main poll? Oh, no, I'm, I'm a, a voracious reader yeah. of every single real estate related article from anywhere. Like mm-hmm. I just, I just read, I read. Uh, a lot of financial stuff. I, mm-hmm. I enjoy all the, believe it or not, all the, the CPI data that comes yeah, out. Yeah, I, I follow I'm, CPI. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure I, you do. I, right? have yeah. to, I mean, I have to, but yeah. Uh, I just, that's, so we talk about, you know, doing things that I enjoy. I enjoy mm-hmm. collecting data, mm-hmm. digesting that, and being able to talk about it. Oh, okay. So, I, yeah, it's, it's MLS, it's uh, news articles, mm-hmm. it's talking to other agents, mm-hmm. it's hearing from, um, you know, Economists, it's all that stuff. Oh, cool. Do you, yeah. do you write like a blog as well or do any of that kind of? I don't. <laughs> like I said, <laughs> the things that now. I enjoy. I don't you... mind getting them and talking in front of people. Yeah, but, yeah. But uh, yeah. I was gonna say you're. I think you're busy enough. <laughs> yeah, no, you're like. Well, I also like like reading data too, um, and that's why I, why I started writing a blog is so I could like you know force me to for, a it forced me to read the data and b it like forced me to like put it in a way that other people could understand. To be able to adjust it and explain yeah, it. Yeah, it sounds like that's what you do with the radio show, which is, yeah, I love that. Yeah, that. That, that would be great. Maybe ChatGPT can help. <laughs> well, <laughs> Maybe I'll do a blog. I mean, have you not <laughs> been I don't on... have to do all the actual, like, typing, yeah. No, have you not been on one of those Zooms where it sends the conversation afterwards from, from the AI, where it, like, it records the Zoom conversation and, and puts all the key points from the questions? I so haven't. you could probably have it listen to your talk and then convert it You're just giving him more a... tech ideas. <laughs> Great. More, so. more things for me to spend my time on. That. No, I do write scripts with ChatGPT. Though. Oh, there you I go. Put, if I spew out some of my scripts that live in my head, I'll, mm-hmm. and then I adjust it, you know. So. Anyways. Nice. <laughs> Sooner or later, robots will do it all. It will be good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, it seems like since I, like I said, I was next to your office and I'm constantly hearing your agents doing calls. It sounds like the lifeblood of your team is like doing those calls. Can you kind of go through your process of like how that kind of helps your business and how it grows it? Yeah. I mean, I've always been, it, even when I was doing it myself and, and uh, I always believed that the high, highest ROI is, is, is reaching out to people, right? Like that's mm-hmm. in terms of low expense, uh, mm-hmm. high return, we're a prospecting based team. That, I. Real estate is a is a, a contact sport. That's just it's a. I told you earlier. I feel like it's a numbers game, right? Mm-hmm. I, I can I can sit down and look at the number of conversations someone has through whatever medium, right? It could be cold calling, it could be warm calling, it could be whatever, uh, and I can work backwards to how much money they should make, right? Mm. So yeah. I think that that being able to train agents to to get over their fear of conversations first, yeah. And, and then teach them how to have those conversations uh, is the quickest way to success in real estate, in my opinion. Mm. Um, also kind of how I'm wired, right? So you, you do what you know. Uh, it's, it's, that's what I did when I, when I grew up in real estate was I went and knocked on doors. I called FISBOs. I, that's, you know, that's how you get business, especially when you're new. 
And so, yeah, so I, uh, our team is, is, we do a lot of marketing, we talked about that, but it's to enhance the prospecting. Yeah, right. It's to, to add value. It's all supplemental to, to, the, it's supplemental to the real to, fishing. Yeah. Right, which is to go out there and talk to people. That's yeah. the only way you find customers. I mean, you know, because I feel like the cold calling that is uh, not an intangible skill, but how do you kind of measure that? Because obviously you, you can't always, do you listen to them on the phone and see how well they're doing to see how personable they are? Or are we just like straight metrics? Are you converting? Are you closing? Are you doing this? No. So we have a training program on the team, first of all, that teaches them all the, the scripts and dialogues that we <clears> use, <throat> right? Uh, first 90 days, that's, that's a lot of what they're doing is, is learning what we know to be effective scripts and dialogues. And, and conversations, um, and then after that, it's self-reported. Okay. Because here's what I know: if you're reporting to me that you're having 75 conversations a week, and you haven't set an appointment in a month, you either really need some help with scripts and dialogues, or you're not really talking to or 75 lying, people yeah. a week, right? Yeah. And they're only hurting themselves by you know by lying. So wh what I know is I can I can prescribe exactly what they need to do in order to become successful real estate agents. And if they do it, they will be. Yeah. And if they don't, they won't be. Because we know it works now after 20 years of doing this, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so no, I don't listen to them. They go on a forum every night and say they talk to you. And, and the rule in our team is you have to be able to ask the question. That's a conversation. That's a contact. Mm. They don't have to say yes. They don't have to even engage you very much. You just have to be able to ask the question, are you thinking about buying or selling real estate? Okay. They give you a yes or no answer. That's a contact. Right. And our team, you have a minimum of 75 contacts a week. If you have those contacts, then you're eligible to receive some of the radio leads or some of the other, mm -hmm. the ISA set appointments or those things. So you start them out on like super cold leads before they move on to I, something warmer? Let's call them, we don't, we don't do much dialing into a neighborhood, right? We don't, yeah. we don't actually just pick numbers out of a, what used to be a phone book. You guys probably don't know what that is. I used to have at least ten of my friends' phone numbers memorized. So. Right. Yeah. Anyways, um, but we so internet leads or old older internet leads, those kinds of things are what we start them on generally. It's okay. Just dialing through our data, we have fifty oh, like, yeah, fifty like thousand people in our database, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, at this point, so they could spend all day every day dialing through there trying to make contacts, and so that's what we start them on to get over the you know kind of fear of conversations mm -hmm. um, before we pass them on to what we might call warmer leads. Okay, okay. Well, I kind of wanted to circle back a little bit to, you know, like your your thoughts on investment properties. Obviously, you started with that, and I kind of want to see what your thought process was on that since you started your business. Obviously, you seem to build a, built a very successful business that seems to be a little bit more hands-off since you've been special, you're having people specialize in different positions, but can you kind of tell us your thoughts on real estate investing since then? Well, I mean, so I spend enough because investing, whether it's real estate or in a business, they, what they say is there are, there are the, they did a study, I don't know if you guys heard this, um, there are something like 20 million people that have a million dollars in cash in their bank that they could invest mm. across the world, right? And they're one of their 7 billion people. So, okay. Oh, 20 million across the world. Yeah. Okay. Across the world. Not in the U.S. They did a poll, and you know, what do you think the number one way was that those people ended up with that much liquid cash? I mean, it's got to be real estate. Okay, anyone else? any other guesses? I mean, that's what I would assume, because I worked in tech and <laughs> made my money in real estate, so I'm going to say real estate, but go ahead. The number one way was having your parents die. Oh, right, inheritance. Oh. <laughs> right? Yeah, of course, inheritance, yeah, sure. The number two way was owning a business. A business. And, and number three was real estate. Okay. okay. Right, so the path to wealth, as far as I'm considered, and, and, and independence, let's not even call it wealth, let's call it 
let's call it being able to, to do what you want is through owning a business or, or investing in real estate. Yeah. That, that's it, right? Or, well, or unless you're gonna, but how did your parents get no, it? We can't right? talk about that. Yeah, we can't kill our parents. Well, that you nice. assume that your parents <laughs> got it through business or real estate, right? right. Um, so for a number, we, so we started off investing in real, in, in real estate before we got into the business. Yeah. Right? Um, and then after the crash, we took a break. Um, looking back, maybe I shouldn't have. Right, there was a lot of opportunity from 2008 to 2012, <laughs> like an astronaut, like just amazing opportunities. Um, but instead, I was investing in my business. Yeah. Mm. Right. Because so you had just started it, so it's like a, I, the time to like really right double and down, right? It double down, and you know things got kind of scary in mm -hmm. 2008 and 9 for those of us in the business, um, and even though for those of us who had some knowledge, we didn't know exactly where the market was going to be or how long it was going to last. a lot of your competition was probably saying, bye. So that was the great part right. about that whole thing, right? That's, that's where we increased market share every year yeah. uh, from then on. But So it wasn't until probably four or five years ago that I had my eyes kind of reopened, if you will. I mean, I, I own a couple of rentals. I don't, I don't mean that. Um, but I, I met up with an investor friend, and that's all he does. Mm-hmm. He invests in real estate in multitudes of different ways: partnerships, wholesaling, flipping, mm -hmm. owning, you know, subject to investing, right. um, all that stuff. Um, and he made me realize that I happened to, to have a machine that I'm not taking advantage. of. <laughs> like if you think about it, we list we listed I don't know 100 100 and something properties last year. Okay. Which means we talked to three hundred sellers, right? And I wasn't buying any of those houses. And you didn't buy a single <laughs> right? one of those houses. Like, yeah. like what an idiot! Um, you could have got it before you put it on the market and got a, a sweet ass deal, basically. I, I mean, yeah, there's some rules around what I can and can't do as a, yeah, as, a, yeah. as a as an agent, as you know. But there were many, many opportunities there, which I, over the past number of years I've started to take advantage of. Yeah, I've started to realize that you know, with the advent of Open Door and Zillow iBuying, that it's not always about the best dollar figure for right. the seller. Yep, it could be about convenience. It could be about, um, you know, we've done some investing where the sellers financed it um, because they didn't really need the money, mm -hmm. and they could get, you know, seven percent out of me some when the market when the market was only giving out four and a half percent but for me it was still a deal because i didn't have to come up with that much cash anyways yeah people like it that annuity that regular yeah. cash people love that yeah and so what i've discovered is that you know i now have on my team seven eight ten people out there at all times looking for deals not not really mm -hmm. that's not what that their sole goal is but they're in contact with sellers every day right of all kinds of different properties and now I kind of get to pick and choose. As a matter of fact, we're starting an investment group on our team because a lot of my agents, we talked earlier, what, what can you do to, to, to keep people on your team? Give them, yep. right? Building wealth, obviously, yep. is yeah. one of them. And helping them invest in real estate is, is become a, a focus of our team now. So oh, we're nice. creating an investment that. group on the team so we uncover some of these deals that might make sense. People can opt in or out. Oh, that's awesome, yeah. Um, so yeah, so. I got back into investing because I became so focused on, on building my business and creating a passive income that way. Yeah. That I lost sight of of. It didn't even have to. It it was in conjunction with the thing I was already doing. Right. You didn't have to change your. I didn't model. have to change my business model. <laughs> yeah. I just had to take advantage of. 
uh, of the opportunities that are presenting themselves. And, and what you guys probably both know is it's, you don't even have to you don't even have to have liquid cash. I mean, luckily we do, right? Yeah, right. Um, but you don't, there are a lot of ways to invest and build wealth where you don't have to have that much money. Totally. One thing that was pointed out to me recently was if I sent out an email to my 53,000 person database and said, hey, anyone out there, if I come across a good deal, anybody want to return on their money? I would get back 100 responses of people going, oh yeah, if you got something, bring it to me. Yeah. Right? So you don't even have to have the money yourself. So anyways. <clears throat> Well, you know, we always talk about real estate being a passive business. Um, it's it's not always, you know. Like no, I start, <laughs> not always. That's the thing. And you have a passive business. Have you ever thought, like, which one would be a, a better fit for your lifestyle in terms of, you know, ease of your best use of your time and what you enjoy? Because you did build a, a business that, you know, like I said, not that you don't train your, your uh, you know, your team directly, but, you know, you seem to have structured it so it's kind of running it on its own. Well, I mean that might that might feel that way. Yeah. Um, I, I I do still put in forty hours a week. Okay. To the team, um, I just do it in different ways now. I'm trying to grow my team, trying to create. My goal is to eventually have a CEO, someone who runs the team. Yeah. What they call it in our business, seventh level, right? Like, right. Um, I'm probably at like six six and a half level, like, meaning that I'm 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 a one or two hires away from being there. Yeah. Um, but every time I, I think I'm going to step in that direction, then something in the market happens, right? Yeah. So for 2021, it was like, oh, I, I need to like just grow, 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 right? Yeah. Like, and then yep. right now, it's with the shift in the other direction. It's like, I need to continue to grow, but maybe manage the money a little better right now. Yeah. Um, so to answer your question, at some point, I, uh, it will be passive. Which fits, fits my lifestyle better? I I think I can do both. Is it something you want to step away from, though? I mean, is, there's a there's a love for the business, right? And that's why you do the forty hours a week. Because it's not like you need the money. The need to do the forty hours to have a living income. No, I do need the forty hours a week for my family. And when I say my family, I don't mean my my actual family. I mean my team family. Okay. Right. Yep. As if I don't stay on the forefront, or if I don't have a person who stays on the forefront of what the latest trend is, yep. then I can't help them all grow. You're responsible to your employees. Now. I, yeah, I got mouths to feed, yep. right? Um, so at some point, uh, it's a love of the business, but it's a love of the people too. It's, a, it's yeah. a love of like. So at some point, I'll find the right person, in, and I'm, I'm constantly looking for that person who could do what I do, and then I can step aside. And then I'll do other things. I want to, you know, I want to start a mortgage company at some mm. point. I want to have title, co- you know. There's a lot of other things that, that ancillary business you can make money off of being in our business. Yeah. Besides, so you can be a one-stop shop. Kind one-stop of. shop, um, and and continue to uncover more real estate deals because that's 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 the number two way to build wealth, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I think it's really important. I mean, it's not just a numbers game. I mean, there's culture. You got to build culture in your business. You got to make sure that people enjoy working together. That they have a purpose to be there. And I'm sure that's a lot of what you have to do with. You said like 25 people on your team. Yeah, there's a lot, <laughs> a lot of personalities to manage. A lot mm-hmm. of a lot of people that I want to make sure they get what they want. So that's you know that's what I spend a lot of my time doing is is helping them try and get what they want. Yeah, I mean, there's so so much value that people get out of you know working for. You know, working outside of just making that paycheck or building wealth, like sometimes people just want to be in a situation that they like, and I think it's really important to build that. 
But to go back to your question, um, yeah, I would I would like to have a much bigger real estate portfolio than I do. I mean, who would? <laughs> you know. Right. Um, <laughs> and what are you targeting now? Are you still looking at single family stuff? Are you looking more at multifamily or? I'm looking at so, you know, focus on what you know, right? Right. So so our team is primarily you guys are single doing family, all single right? family, right? And like I said earlier, I have in theory I have ten bird dogs, right. you know, out there looking for, for potential deals. Um, Right now, my goal is just two properties a year, okay. um, and I've done that for the past few years. And when I say buy them, I mean either buy them and hold them or buy them and flip them, depending on what the best exit strategy is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, so, but that that will go up here soon. And, and f- so flipping to me is like, I know it's like very real estate heavy, but I, to me, I feel like it's also pretty different in the sense that it's like, there's a lot of time investment. There's a lot of like, you know, just manual labor in it. Um, how have you kind of, I mean, have you always been understood that world or is that, was that like a new thing for you trying to get into the renovation process or you just hired it all out and had good connections? I sub, there's gotta be enough margin for me to sub it all out. Right. Like yeah. I said, I, I, oh, was like the you said, I don't have that much. Yeah. Room. I'm, I'm not going to go to manage a, a, a remodel project. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Of course. Um, yeah. So uh, we, I do it through partnerships or uh-huh. through, uh, trusted relationships. You kind of found them. people that had experience there. You find the deal and then you partner on it and do it together. Right. That Someone makes sense. Someone else manages the project. Yeah. Or, you know, we've done them where there's, it's just a straight wholesale. You know, we made, made 75 grand on uh, a deal. We bought a property and then we sold it to sign, another, sign sold it con- to another investor. Yeah, signed the contract made, somewhere you know. else. Yeah. Well, the ones that are like being renovated, are you checking in? Are you having your opinion? Or are you just like, do you guys do it? I trust you. My partner's got this and I can be completely. No, concerned. I'm, I'm, uh, we have a meeting every week, and I'm I am fully versed on. I have too many control issues to totally let it go. <laughs> well, and you're eventually going to be selling. You're eventually going to be selling it, right? So you want to make sure it's it's fit in the way that is yeah, the product that no. you can put your name behind. Yeah. So uh, some of them will make more sense to buy and hold. You know, uh, it just depends if if there's a a good return. Then yeah. Can I ask what your criteria is for what a good return is? In terms of what you think? Yeah, you know, that's funny. I've been asked this question a lot, especially as we're, we're starting this investment t- uh, group on our team. Um, I've been asking everyone what their, what their risk tolerance is, <clears throat> right? What is it, you know, what, is, what, what do you consider a good return? And for me, I, I think, because I've been trying to quantify that, um, it really comes down to a low-risk exit strategy. Mm. Okay. Do you know what I mean by that? Yep. Yeah. Like, if I buy and hold this, and we have, a, for some reason, a, a you know, COVID vacancy period of six months again, right? Or where you, we can't, you know, you can't enforce evictions and stuff like that. Does the property cash flow enough to sustain right. that? I don't, I don't want to feed anything yeah. anymore. I'm past the point in my life where I feel like I need to, to feed stuff. So if it's a buy and hold, it's got to have enough margin to, to self-sustain for a period of time. Okay. If it's a flip, it's got to be... I know that if I turned around and sold this at bottom dollar, mm-hmm. that I at least walk away even. Yeah. Okay. Right. So when I, so when my 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 investment team uh, on my team started asking me, well, what's your risk tolerance? Uh, I tried to quantify it, but but it's kind of unquantifiable. It's kind of like if I know from my real estate knowledge that I can turn around and sell this and not have to take a bath. Yeah. Then right. I'm okay. Did right. I make twenty grand? Yeah, it's fine. As long as I get a safe exit strategy. Like basically, your worst case scenario, you don't lose anything. Right. I don't okay. have to feed something. Yeah. Rental, flip, uh, yeah, whatever other kind of invest. Wholesale, like I'm, I'm going to get out and I'm going to be clean because I'm not 
Well, is there a point where you're just like, this is a good number that I would like to like, I'm happy making money? Because we don't go into deals to not make, to, to, to think about the worst case scenario of getting out. Oh, of course, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I always aim to make a dollar, but, but I think my point with that was that if I make $10,000 and I have a totally easy exit strategy I know I can walk away from, but $10,000 is the goal, then I'm good with $10,000. You're fine with it. Okay. Okay. If I, uh, it, the, we did a, we did a, we flipped a manufactured home in a park. Mm-hmm. Um, we bought the thing for $25,000. We put $40,000 into it and sold it for 150. Mm. Wow. I was only into it for 20, like there was no way that I couldn't turn around and sell right. that. Worst case scenario, right? right. Back, comps, to you, back to your metric of worst case scenario. Right. Comps in the park were selling for 135 to 150. The lowest one that sold was like 100 and a quarter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I knew that if we bought it for 25, put 40 into it, that I for sure was going to make a little bit of money, but there was no way I was going to lose it all. Right. right. So I, I don't know if that's a that's a. No, that's a some, great Some example. investors yeah. say I want to make 20 percent or I want. Yeah, to, yeah, they have their uh, cash and cash return. Right. Cash, yeah. All those all those metrics that they track. For me, it's just in my point in my life, I have a lifestyle that I enjoy. I'm not a gambler anymore. <laughs> I, have, I have a business to run. Right. Uh, and I'm not going to do the whole take a chance to hit a home right. run, but also take the chance that I might have a, have a major loser. Oh, yeah. I think that makes sense, too, because that will open you up to those smaller projects. And sometimes those smaller projects lead to bigger projects. Plus, it gives work to your team and all your teammates. It keeps them fed. Like Yeah. And, and if I didn't, if I had minimal investment in time mm-hmm. uh, and or cash, and I made ten grand, yeah, what do I care? Like, that's the great. That's right? great. Like, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's, it's, I don't have a specific percentage. I have a, a, an exit, a low risk exit strategy is my. I mean, it's it's isn't it fun that we have to plan around like COVID type events now or like high right, interest spikes? And, you know? Oh my goodness. We had so many investor friends and clients that, that took a total bath during yeah. that period of time. Um, that it's now it's one more thing that I consider. I'm like, if, if the government tells me I can't enforce evictions for six months, am I okay? Oh yeah. That was a tough time. Yeah. yeah. And so among your client base, do you have, do you work with a bunch of investors? What would you say? Are you more like kind of first time home buyer or like move up buyer? Or is it pretty mixed? The answer is yes. Yeah. And what are you seeing? <laughs> trend, we, we, have, yeah, we have all. You have everything. So trend wise, what are you seeing for your investors now? Um, in the sense of like it's more cash people or it's more X price point or it's 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 definitely more cash people because right now the cost of money mm-hmm. yeah right even though honestly if we look back historically it's relatively low still yep but people got so used to all you know all the investors that grew up over the past since however long it's been now right um, the idea of a of a ten percent hard money loan or a twelve percent hard money loan to get money is just I just can't even fathom it. Right. And it means you have to have so much more margin on the purchases yep. um, to either to flip or if you're trying to borrow money to for your investment property to get a rental loan of I don't even know what they're going for right now. Right. Um, but probably seven or eight or nine percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean percent of percent or so above market basically. Right. Yeah. Um, that's that just that just means you have to get a better deal on the purchase to, right. to yeah. in order to cash flow. So, which obviously we know right now the struggle with our market is that it's very challenging is that cost of money is going up, prices aren't going down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So the margins are becoming thinner. So I think cash is, and and look, we have as a, as an economy we still have, and I know they're starting to starting to run out a little bit. There was so much cash There's built up over the yeah. past three three plus years. Mm-hmm. 
um, that they're starting to come out a little bit now. Hmm. Okay, so you've been seeing a lot of cash investors. Makes yes, sense. absolutely. Um, and, and price point wise, is there been have you noticed like a certain spot? Like I've been following you know the uh, you know different price index, and it seems like the higher price homes have been taking the a little bit more of price hit. Have you been seeing investors in that higher price, or is it more in the lower price? No, I think it's still in the more the more in the lower price, which obviously are harder to find. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. But you just have again when we talk about cash flow and margin and stuff like that, the higher priced homes, there's a cap, right? There's a cap what you can charge on a on rent for a, you know, a $2 million property mm-hmm. um, where does it make sense anymore? So. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. No, I was, I was going to say, I mean, in terms of like cash buyers, I mean, like that, I, I find that hard with my clients who are investors because they don't want to put out that much money to go like, I'm going to go put out $600,000 to go make like $2,000 Right, and now now I can't use that $600,000 yeah, anymore. Yeah, a lot of money out of pocket, right, yeah. you know, so that's the tough part in terms of uh, this market. Like, so I'll have a lot of people sitting on the sidelines, yep. like I said, waiting for those interest rates to drop, but then it's like, okay, well, we're going to be bidding against a lot of people when those, when it, when or if it does drop, you right. know? That's, I mean, that's the problem, right? Like, that the problem that we're going to run into is, I mean, look, it all rolls back to inventory. We just don't have enough inventory we haven't had for years and years and years, and we're yeah. not going to for a large number of years. And so when interest rates do come back down, what happens to prices? Definitely going to go up. Yeah, they're heading right back up, right? I, like I said, I always feel like there's a balance point. You know? Yes. That's exactly what it is. Like, regardless. Just... I don't know that we'll find it. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to be a struggle for a while. Uh, and mainly that, that all goes back to the, you know, the 10 years lost of, of developing. But Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I'm hoping for some consistency in the market in terms of like just not high fluctuation because the market always takes some time, some time to adjust to it, just like we saw last year when yeah. rates spiked and then there was just no action in the like the fall time. If we just have some consistency for a while and people get used to it, then hopefully we can find that balance. I, yeah, no, and I think we will. I, I, I was I was mostly kidding, but yeah. I, I, <laughs> I think we're gonna in terms of prices. I think we're gonna sit about here for the next year and a half or so. Yeah, and we're gonna see interest rates chill out, and we're gonna see the consumer mindset realize that that five to six percent is what it should be. We never should have in our lifetime. We never should have saw three percent, and we likely won't see it again. In my <laughs> If you want the genius that is me, like I know everything, right? Um, but I, I, I just, yeah, we just were paying for, we borrowed too many buyers from the future mm-hmm. in this 3% rates. And yeah, so I think that, that makes know, sense. I think we'll see some stability over the next. I did just so. have a client reach out to me and say, like, I feel like we've been, you know, waiting and it's, you know, without, on that mindset of like, oh, it's going to get better. And we've been doing this for four five, six years now, and it's, it's time. It's finally time to just suck it up and go for it. Well, and, and you're, you're probably seeing this in your business, but you know there are, there are strategies to mitigate the interest rates right now. Right? Sure, there, yeah. there, are, there are many strategies to mitigate it. Um, and, and so as soon as people start to realize that this is, this is what it is, it's what it should be, it's what it's going to be, and that there are ways still to deal with, you know, whether it's arms or points by downs right. or, or any of those things, I think people will start to realize, and that, that obviously that's that's our job, right? We're to yeah. educate yep. them, totally. give them the tools they need to figure out a solution, you know, to help them realize their yeah their goals and dreams. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And if you were to suggest to somebody who is like interested in getting into you know real estate investing or the business of real estate, what um what would you say to them? Well, the business of real estate, I would say uh, anymore. Join a team. Mm. Yeah. Start with the team. I, I just. 
I know I, I'm, I'm biased because obviously I run a team. <laughs> Come call me. No, um, no but, but honestly, it's, it's, like, it's like getting a, a master's degree right. in it's, the time that it takes you to get your college degree. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you, just, you just get exposed to so much more. Uh, and, by the way, 10 years from now, I think we'll be mostly B teams. That's my, my You think prediction. so? You I think do. everything I do think is so. going to go I think it's been heading teams. in that direction, and I think it will continue to do so, especially as we see some and we don't head down this rabbit trail, but the lawsuits with NAR and, and all that stuff, I think we'll start seeing teams be even more of a thing than they have been in the past. But so getting into real estate, I would say um, join a team, get your education that way, stay yeah. on the team, don't, doesn't matter, right? Right. Um, getting into investing, I think for me, that my biggest, and I, and I learned this, like I said, just four or five years ago, which is just to remove the mindset of, of I've got to have X number of dollars. I've got to, mm. there are so many ways to get into investing in real estate um, that you just got to start to see opportunities everywhere. And I don't know if that's, that's too vague of an answer. Um, Care less about a specific metric and more about the right deal or the right structuring with the right partner. Did you guys ever watch The Secret? Mm-mm. I have not. This the book with the, the big red stamp on it. Right? Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, <laughs> I won't get too deep into the airy fairy part of it. But basically, um, uh, they did a they did a study once on uh, people who found themselves thought of themselves as lucky, and people who didn't think of themselves as lucky or thought of themselves as unlucky. Mm-hmm. And they put a twenty dollar bill down the bottom of the steps, and they sent all you know each section of people past that twenty dollar bill, and like. I don't know, 90% of the lucky people found the $20 right. bill and like four people found who were unlucky right. uh, did, found the $20 bill. And, and the difference is all in just looking for and, and believing that there are opportunities out there mm-hmm. and finding ways to make them happen, right? Whether it's, and if you're investing in real estate, it's, it's maybe it's a partner or a, a, a parent who can co-sign with you right. on an investment property or I, they're just... Just keeping an open mind to that and keeping that for, front of mind will, will create so many. I know it sounds totally airy fairy, but it'll create so many opportunities. No, I, I totally agree. I mean, things change. I mean, you buy, let's just say they do buy the property and there's a different opportunity. Maybe this long term rental turns into a short term rental, or hey, like my nurse friend wants to stay here for three months and you get into a whole new business. You just have to be out to listen and find out. My son uh, bought a house a couple of years ago, and, and we've been after him since he was, he's now 32, we've been after him since he was 19 to buy a house, right? Finally did, like four or five years ago, and just happened to do it like right before the explosion of, of equity, right? Yeah, um, And so timing. we've been on him, and now it, his, his goal is to turn that house over and turn it into a rental. It's a nice little, yeah. what was a $450,000 house in Cedar Hills, uh-huh. right? It's probably now more like six hundred. Nice. Um, but to turn that into a rental and move on, right? And I don't know that he 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 would have been wired that way, except for the exposure to opportunities, right? He would have been one of those. He's a very conservative yep. guy. I bought my house. Yep. But I think that he realizes that there are opportunities out there he could take advantage of. I, you know, to me, that that's the opportunity that I'm marketing to right now. I think that's the the biggest opportunity. People that bought four or five years ago that have a low mortgage that can convert it into so rental, much equity. Have yeah. a lot of equity that can even if their new mortgage is more expensive, you can definitely defray that cost with converting your old home into rental. And then twenty, thirty years from now, what are you going to have? Retirement. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, seriously. I mean, yeah, that's, I mean that's <laughs> it's it's a huge opportunity for people right now. 
You're absolutely what what was the latest stat? Over eighty percent of Americans have at least twenty percent equity in their house, and over sixty percent have like sixty percent equity in their house, and and somewhere in the neighborhood of thirty plus percent don't owe a dime on yeah, their house. It's, yeah, it's I think it's over twenty six percent or something like that now that are mortgage free. Mortgage yeah. free, right? Yeah, it's crazy. That's 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 money. <laughs> yeah, that you could be building wealth on, right? Uh, we talked earlier about cash cash investors not wanting to blow all six hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Well, if you got you know. 50 grand or 100 grand in equity that's 20% down on a on a rental mm-hmm. right yeah. yeah anyways that's people should do that I like that go do that yeah, <laughs> yeah. leverage for sure I mean like I said I you know when I talk to my investors like I said it pains me to think that they're going to put $600,000 out of one, <laughs> right. one thing and like you know unless they're like multi-millionaires and can do that comfortably like I was like that's a lot of your money to put into one thing all at once. And you're choosing to, to grow. I mean, look, there's no sure deal, but if there were anything that was close to a sure deal, it's real estate. Yeah. Right? Over time, it's always a sure deal. Yeah. Right? It's, yeah. If you have going to sell back in two going, or three years, you could, yeah, you you could, could be in yeah, trouble. Right. Yeah. Uh, but but to take 20 or 30% down if you're buying a rental property, um, if you got the cash or equity in your house or, or if you were a cash investor, instead of paying cash for that place, I would take a... Seven percent, eight percent mortgage all day long. Yeah, I mean, I talk to people all the time about you know, like, go get a spreadsheet of all this percent down, and are you comfortable with that payment when you put five percent down? Are you comfortable with that at ten percent down? Like, find your comfort zone of what makes sense to you and works for your financial situation. And if hey, if you have six hundred grand very comfortably to buy a property and you're totally happy to do it. I can't stop you. Good for you. I would, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I wouldn't suggest it, but yeah, good for you. Yeah, uh, I'd buy like five properties with that. Right, and as long as you got like a ten percent vacancy rate figured into your your figures, I, you're relatively safe. <laughs> Don't call me if that goes wrong. <laughs> Speaking of calling you, if if someone wanted to reach out to you to be able to like you know learn more about your team or what you guys do, what's the best way to contact you? Um, probably just call our office number or uh, email our, our mm. they can email find you on your website what's your website is sadlerealestate.com s-a-d-l-e realestate.com or okay. they can just google Rick Sadle okay great oh well th- thank you so much we really really appreciate you coming on the show I feel like time passed so quickly we learned a lot <laughs> yeah <laughs> no worries I appreciate you guys having me yeah thanks Rick Thanks for tuning in to the Realize Gains podcast. If you have any questions for our co-hosts or guests, don't hesitate to reach out. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or at jordanleemortgage.com.